I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Decoding Reality, a decoding TV podcast about reality television. I'm David Chen. I'm here with at Joy and Epping. Joy, thanks for chatting with me today. I'm so glad to be so physically proximate to you. We are broadcasting this live at youtube.com slash decoding TV. We had some, um, had some technical snafus tonight, which, as I've made clear to everyone, is in fact a piece of meta performance art about the problems that Netflix experienced tonight. But on this episode of Decoding Reality, what we're going to be doing is discussing the Love is Blind season uh, four reunion, the live reunion. You can find more episodes of this podcast at decodingreality.tv. And be sure to check out the flagship Decoding TV podcast at podcast.decodingtv.com. So let's get into it. But before we talk about the content of this episode, we need to acknowledge some of the problems that happened uh, with the live broadcast uh, that Netflix is attempting. Now, just some context. Netflix has not um, done very many live broadcasts. They've only done uh, Chris Rock live broadcast, and then this is going to be their second event. um, And they want to move more into it. There's a bunch of potential... Uh, things you can do when you're broadcasting live, like sports and the SAG Awards and the Oscars or whatever they want to do. And so every entry that Netflix makes into live broadcast is a significant one because it's like, hey, we're showing that we can do live broadcast competently, deliver content to uh, millions of homes simultaneously with no issue. Netflix spent a lot of marketing dollars trying to get people to tune into their live broadcast for Love is Blind today at 5 p.m. Pacific on April 16th. And when 5 p.m. rolled around, uh, the experience that a lot of people had was nothing. Um, there, There is a waiting room that you're supposed to be able to go into. It's like, hey, the live stream will start soon. And then it's supposed to magically start after that. Many people, my, ourselves included, couldn't even get into the waiting room. Uh, like we're unsuccessful in getting into the waiting room. And then when we were able to get into the waiting room, it was like, hey, the live stream is having problems. Uh, You know, uh, hopefully it'll start soon. Sometimes like our best experience of this hour plus was that there'd be this kind of like vaguely ambient 
hold music. And then sometimes the hold music would get interrupted. And I'd look up uh, from whatever I was multitasking on and, um, you know, think, oh, the, the stream is finally starting. And in fact, it would usually mean that the app was crashing. And that we were on the verge of getting like the sort of wheel of death or maybe like just an outright error message with a code. And I thought what was really bewildering is that Netflix official comms said very little about this. In the first few minutes after five o'clock Pacific, they said it's going to be delayed 15 minutes. 15 minutes comes and goes, 30 minutes comes in, like no further communication from them. Um, and at one point, Vanessa Lachey starts just going live on Instagram personally, you know, showing the audience and saying, like, we're here, we haven't done it yet. Like, because I think like many people, I wondered, is this show happening and I just can't get in because it's just crashed due to demand from so many viewers? Or is it not happening at all and they're going to just cancel it for the night? It was a pretty bewildering. And, you know, Succession was coming up and I wanted to know when I would be able to flip over to that. I think many people would, like, be understanding if it was delayed by, like, 5, 10, 15 minutes. Like, that's all – even 30 minutes, I think people would still be understanding. But after it was, like, rounding the 40-minute mark, that's when it really felt like something was terribly wrong. Because And it was very obvious because you couldn't even get into the waiting room to be in the live stream. So it was like – it didn't feel like a problem. Like, I'm sure there's going to be reporting that comes out about what went wrong. Um, we're recording this, like, immediately after – we were able to finish watching it, um, but uh, but it, it felt like when when I was watching it, I was like, "This does not feel like a problem that's going to just go away in the next ten minutes." Oh, you know I thought they would cancel it outright, basically just film it and then end up airing it. So what's amazing is an hour fifteen, an hour twenty, whatever. In we start getting one text from a friend that's like, "Hey, I'm in." So we were nervous; we could not get in. I think as of this moment. We've now watched the entire thing and gone back and watched the beginning. I think there are still people who haven't been able to see it. And so who knows what – like even with us, we watched it on the Netflix app of the Apple TV and it wouldn't let us in. So then we went to the Netflix native app of the smart TV and we were able to get in that way. So, you know, there are going to be a lot of brutal postmortems on this. And I I just want to say – the strategy that Netflix always had was this sort of binge model, and it was meant to feel so different and so bold, and we all believed that they had data that we didn't, we, the rest of the poor schmucks who came, grew up on network television, like just didn't understand. And so the idea that they're trying to do these things that are the bread and butter of network television and failing so badly, they can't even pull off one single show on a given night is just I think there's a lot of people over at, say, Paramount or... Well, yeah, there was a lot of shade being thrown from NBC, other... From, like Peacock and chuckling Hulu. Tonight. They were all, like, yeah. tweeting through it in a really funny way. Um, we should say that they did send out a tweet. I think I have that here. Hopefully this goes okay. Uh, yes. So they said, To everyone who stayed up late, woke up early, gave up their Sunday afternoon, we are incredibly sorry that the Love is Blind reunion did not turn out as we had planned. We're filming it now, and we'll have it on Netflix as soon as humanly possible. Again, thank you and sorry. So that was at 6.29 p.m., I believe. Um, So 90 minutes after the special was supposed to begin airing. The thing that was very bizarre about even this message is um, at the time that this message was sent, some people were able to watch it live. So it was – or they were watching it at that moment. So it was very confusing. Some people were able to watch it live. Some people were watching a video on demand. It was – it was basically just overall a complete 
catastrophe. And when um, we tried to go in, like it would allow us to join live, but if we tried to back up, like that was just the kiss of death, and it just sat at twenty five percent loading for minutes and would error out. Yeah. So um, obviously. Um, you know, I know that uh, Netflix has the rights to broadcast one of the awards shows. I think it might be the SAG Awards. Yeah, I think it's SAG, yeah. Um, and this past year, they didn't do it. They actually chose instead to broadcast it on their YouTube channel, like the YouTube channel called Netflix, which is a little embarrassing to not even have the technology since you're theoretically a tech company um, to actually serve this event live. I think they didn't want to take that risk. Um, their platform is supposed to be ready for it next year. We shall see, because I think, uh, well, Love is Blind re- reunion might have more audience than the SAG Awards. I don't know, but certainly wouldn't have as important people who would want to um, really make sure they show up well. Yeah. Uh, Carol says, People Magazine started releasing prepackaged articles with spoilers before it started airing live for the limited group that was able to view it. Oh, awesome. interesting. Great. Yeah, often what will happen for an event like this is press will be pre-briefed. Um, with like stuff that's going to come out during the thing. And then there, it's like, do not publish this until this time. But then people must have wrote the articles and then started deploying them. Um, whole thing was a mess. And uh, and I think on online, people's latent Netflix resentments really boiled to the surface. Like, you're, you're charging us money... Netflix for like you're raising prices Netflix you're canceling beloved shows and also by the way airing the love is blind reunion live when past reunions have not been live you chose this you didn't need to choose it um, but now that you have you can't even do a good job of deliver on the stream itself so um, yes uh, people are saying Grace is saying uh, I actually forgive the tech problems and I should point out by the way um, Listeners at Decoding Reality, we are broadcasting live right now at youtube.com slash decoding TV. So if you um, are listening to this in podcast form, you might hear us referring to people's comments on the on the broadcast. Uh, but Grace J says, I can actually forgive them for the tech problems. While we don't know the issues, uh, what the issues were, uh, the communication was slash is not great. I agree with you. That that was the biggest problem was there was no, hey, we're still working on it. Um, here's what the nature of the problem is. Uh, there was nothing. Uh, well, also- you've worked in comms, and I've worked in the news media. And when there is this long without communication, it actually makes you worried that no one's in charge. Yeah. Not that the communication is a problem, but that no one has actually made a call. Are we pushing it by an hour? Are we pushing it? Like, what's yeah. the story? Like, maybe no decision has been made. It feels like it was chaos over there. Yeah. Uh, and See Me Loves in the chat says, I still can't watch it. It loads for like a second at a time and then just keeps saying part of the interruption. I don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> oh. Um, so uh, opinionated in the chat says, you guys should be working for Netflix. You're live with no delay. Not quite true. We did have some tech this issues here. This is our here. third try yeah. at this. Uh, in fact, it was pretty humiliating that we were trying to roast them and having our own tech issues. So yeah, that's so, why we're physically in the same room. Yeah, we're, we're physically in the same room, um, which is why it might sound a little bit different than usual. Okay. So uh, the Love is Blind live reunion experience, overall a disaster. Um, People couldn't get in. People were getting in at different times. And then the reunion itself, there were also technical problems. Uh, There was like sound issues during the reunion. Uh, Somebody's mic went on and you could hear it in the stream and they had to like call that out. Um, and interrupt Marshall at a point where he was trying to make like an important point, um, you know, because somebody's mic in the control room was audible. Um, but, you know, if I could just like sketch for people what did and didn't happen, because a lot of folks haven't even seen it. 
Um, it's Nick and Vanessa Lachey in the middle. Um, and then Kwame and Chelsea were there, Zach and Bliss, and Tiffany and Brett. All couples still seem to be going strong. And we learn that they actually hang out with each other, which is very sweet. And then in addition, we had Paul on one side of the stage. And on the other side of the stage were Marshall and Micah. And then an empty chair for Irina, who shows up later. So we'll get into all of that. Not shown were Jackie and Josh. And it was very strange because Jackie had been really raring to, you know, basically confront Josh at the reunion. And I was confront nervous. Marshall. Or confront Marshall. I was a little nervous there might be like a physical altercation if she like threw the ring in his face or something. Um, they did appear in a separate pre-taped segment by Zoom where they talked to Vanessa Lachey yesterday. And then <laughs> that was like cut in and then Marshall was allowed to respond to it. So the dynamics were a little strange. Um, but, you know, overall, it was, um, you know, there were some little prepackaged bits, but mostly it was just interviewing the couples as well as getting into what Nick Lachey called the love triangles. I sometimes feel like they really play up that angle um, in a way that's feels pretty like forced um and that that did happen this time but well i i want to begin by saying i know that this podcast has um tens of listeners you know uh but only probably twos of them actually watch the live show yeah we're, we're we're capable of it but you know in the extremely unlikely event that vanessa lachey is one of those let's say 18 listeners um vanessa your moderating skills are bad and you should feel bad you did a bad job uh, at the Love is Blind. You had a Lo- lot of really leading questions, and you always ask uncomfortably personal questions about people's sex lives that no one cares about. Absolutely. Um, this is uh, – it, it was embarrassing, and uh, the sheer quantity of raking over the coals that's going to occur to Vanessa Lachey is uh, on TikTok and everywhere is going to be massive, and the overwhelmingly vast majority of it will be deserved because – um, she did a bad job, and it was almost shameful how bad it was. Uh, so I just need to start by saying that, like, and I, I just want to say Nick Lachey actually, in my opinion, pretty solid moderator. Like, he had good questions, good follow-ups. Then Vanessa's just, like, asking when people are going to have babies. She just wants a blood sacrifice, I think is what I can tell. Um, it just – it's it was very deeply uncomfortable, and also she asked a bunch of questions that people didn't care about. So anyway, that's my overall take on the reunion special. She also wore what you said looked like a glitter baby burp cloth um, on one side of her asymmetrical dress. Most people wore evening dress, um, the women, while the men wore suits and, in Paul's case, a shirt with little broken hearts all over it, which was interesting. Yeah. Interesting choice. Okay. Now that I have that out of the way, Joy, what did you think of... The live reunion special. Well, why don't we take it one couple at a time? Yeah. Um, they started basically with Kwame and Chelsea, um, who are complicated to get into because they also did talk about Chelsea's reaction to seeing the footage with Micah. Kwame and Chelsea are still together. They're living in Seattle. He did make the move. He has said offline that he regrets the digs he made at Seattle and wishes he could take that back. And the place he lives now is the most favorite place he's ever lived. Having seen footage of their apartment, 
it would also be my favorite place. Like I would like to move there right now. It's this incredible apartment up in the sky. Um, a friend of mine, uh, who I mentioned previously, Anju, lived in Insignia, the building near it. And it's not that building, but we were all like trying to ID what is this incredible building. And I think we figured it out. Yeah. Um, I think it's called... Uh, Arrive, I believe. Arrive, yeah, yeah apartments. Um, and... You know, um, as documented elsewhere, Chelsea has now met Kwame's mom. They seem to have a warm relationship. She, you know, is fully enfolded in the family. Um, But, you know, I think the stuff with Micah, Chelsea's gotten into in a few different um, interviews and talked again about, you know, it was very uncomfortable to watch. Micah basically apologized um, and Kwame apologized, I thought, more wholeheartedly. He apologized to Chelsea. He apologized to Chelsea's family. And he apologized to the viewing public, which was like, oh, okay, that's a pretty broad, you know, set of folks you're covering there. Um, But I think that, you know, the takeaway seemed to be that they felt that the strength of the relationship was really not shown in the edit. And that's partly why it makes it seem like Chelsea's not doing any compromising, Kwame's doing all the compromising, things like that that made people, you know, wonder if this relationship was going to work. Right. That the strength of the connection they had in the pods, you know, versus the strength of the connection he had with Micah kind of was edited to look more even when it probably wasn't. He was on his way, he says, to break up with Micah, and he had written down even like a breakup little speech um, that he had had a couple long dates with Micah in the pods and had actually cut those short, I think, or she had cut them short. Like, the, it was clear that it was waning. And then he he does kind of own up, because my perception was always that he didn't like being rejected by Micah, even if it was kind of starting to wind down. Um, he says, you know, that he it is still hard to process. Like, even when you know something's going to end or it's, like, the right decision to end it, you can still sit on your bed and eat ice cream for a month. And I thought, you know, that's that's a fair point, you know, that you do go through some pain in that time. And I thought Chelsea was so gracious about it. You know, um, she basically said, I give people, like, the maximum benefit of the doubt and assume positive intent, and we're all going through this complex thing and, you know... I don't know. I just thought she came across as very grown up about it. What do you think? Yeah. Um, the uh, people in the chat are saying, like Hyren's saying, I still feel Kwame's faking it a bit. I don't know why. I feel like if you're willing to get married and stay together for two years, you could become a huge influencer. Opinionated in the chat and saying Kwame is re- clearly not into Chelsea. He's riding this reality star wave right now. I think one of the things that I really appreciated about the reunion and what the people had to say about the reunion, you know, the, the, uh, the couples, uh, is – more than previous seasons, I think they have pointed to the limitations of the show itself during the reunion. They have made comments like, well, the producers asked me to do this. Or they've said, the, the edit didn't reflect this. Like, And I think that um, it is actually important for people watching this to understand when you watch the edit on Love is Blind, you are not seeing the totality of a relationship. You are seeing a carefully constructed story, often misleadingly constructed story. Um, for the purposes of creating drama and selling the show. And very simplified, for sure. Exactly. And and that's what Kwame is saying. You know, now, whether or not he's being genuine, you know, I, I don't like to play the game in general. I don't like to play the game of like, oh, he's clearly faking. He's a faker. You know, I try not to play that game because you don't know what is in someone's heart. Um, if I If I take Kwame at his word, I actually think that 
he made a good point. You only saw like he said one percent or ten percent of the Kwame Chelsea relationship, and maybe that's true. We'll see. Uh, I don't know, but I'm I'm not willing to like pass judgment on it. I agree with you. Chelsea is very gracious. Um, so yeah. Now I want to bring up the first Vanessa Lachey fail of many for me is she asked him about that comment about being called Alex and Kwame. Um, basically, I mean, I think he expanded on a point I already understood, which is like he was trying to not bring race or country of origin or things that might, um, you know, to me that, that I can't pull those apart from my identity. But, you know, he wanted to maybe present in a way where that wasn't the first thing that was talked about, because I think in the first few dates, you only have like seven or 10 minutes with people. And so because the name Kwame just like sounds West African, he wanted to, he was talking with a producer, like, how would I go about, um, you know, maybe even not talking like that's my name. Um, And he ended up saying something along the lines of, you know, like, oh, well, I could go by Alex, but I decided to go with Kwame. And apparently it was cut out of the edit that he then says, and I'm really proud of my name. So I think he has gotten a ton of blowback from black people, the black community especially, about kind of really sounding like he's ashamed of being black or that he, you know, has um, issues with wanting to minimize that part of his identity. He is saying, you know, again, you can take him at his word or not, that that's not how he feels. He wore a necklace that was actually really <laughs> stealth, incredibly expensive. It was like diamonds on a chain and then um, like had a, uh, Africa, the continent shape. Um, so he, he really wanted to sort of say like, hey, I was a little misrepresented there. Then, like, Vanessa Lachey proceeds to call him Alex Kwame more times. I didn't really understand, like, what she was trying to say there. Um, But, okay, fine. Um, Chelsea gets into it a little bit about how much she loves Calvin Klein, which, you know, reinforces for me that, like, Chelsea and I probably would not be besties. I can, like, like and admire and respect Chelsea. You know, hopefully I like and admire and respect people generally um, as much as possible. I, I think, you know, I don't I don't get her taste. I don't get her vibe, but I don't need to. So, you know, if I ever run into her at the Trader Joe's, I probably would say hi. Uh, Grace is saying his name is Alex Kwame. So um, his name is actually Alex Kwame. Yeah. Oh, out of all of those names that he has. I see. I see. Uh, Carol in the chat says, what about the Kwame in your proposal to Micah? Did they address? They did address it, I think, you know, and uh and there was a scene where they played where Chelsea and Micah actually like it was unaired. It was a deleted scene, but it was they actually talked about the poolside scene and they worked things out and it felt very mature to me. So. I didn't I felt like Micah basically apologized for the part where she said the failed proposal joke, but she did not apologize for actively flirting with um him for then twenty to thirty minutes, which I think was inappropriate for both sides. But you know, I think that Kwame said I let my ego get the best of me and it was immature and it was like basically selfish. And I, I think that's closer to like yeah. what I think is like accountability yeah. for the situation. Totally. Totally. Okay. So that's kind of the Kwame Chelsea Micah situation. Yes. Then they moved to Zach and Bliss um, who are also still together. And um, you know, Bliss's dad has come around they claim yeah. Bliss's dad is like really close to Zach and they like talk all the time, which I thought was actually um, nice to hear that he is at least open to having his mind changed. Um, and uh, 
you know, the part between Zach and Bliss, I would say that discussion, there wasn't that many fireworks. We did hear a new song that Zach sang to Bliss, and I probably blacked out at that point because it was, like, honestly pretty painful. (laughs) They need to stop having songs on the show. This is in the sort of tour of their life as a married couple. He, like, sings this song to her in the room with the owl painting and the katana. Um, And uh, it seems like probably they've moved into that apartment that we saw. Um, And uh, then, you know, surprise, there's been sort of an empty chair on stage uh, at this point. Mike is just, like, suddenly on stage – or Irina – um, and they didn't say like, oh, and now we're going to bring out yeah. Irina. It was yeah. like she was just suddenly just there. just suddenly there. Yeah, yeah. It's another great production um, choice by Netflix. <laughs> they did introduce her, so um, – but they didn't like – it's just like we are now joined by Irina was how it went basically. So um, um, she had a chance to talk too and that was interesting. Yeah, they had an audience, a, st- a live studio audience for the reunion this time, which they haven't had in previous seasons. And people were really – booing Irina and like reacting badly to Irina like Irina started crying and everyone started laughing people in the audience were like visibly laughing and like kind of doing like an ooh sound um it wasn't like a Spanish bullfighting level of audience participation but it it didn't feel like people were really that open to having their mind changed by anything she had to say yeah and uh that's what that's what ended up happening is she she kind of presented her case and I I didn't I felt like Irina basically um they played a lot of footage of her being mean. And the footage is brutal. Like they they compress all of her meanness into like a 1 to 2 minute 50% segment. 50% of the worst stuff she did. Like they yeah. didn't even have the birthday cake thing in there. Um and there's unaired stuff that Bliss has said went down between them. But basically um Irina, you know, takes a breath and she's like it's very hard to see this, but I was going through a lot with mental illness and having panic attacks and I knew, you know, pretty early on. So she's she she tries to like put her best foot forward, which is Zach, you were the best guy I met on the show. Recall earlier in the edit, she had said he was one of the best guys she met on this show out of only 15 guys. Um, And, you know, she says she knew pretty much even before going to Mexico that it wasn't going to work between them. But then the producers said, why don't you give it a chance and see where it goes? Um, Yeah, that that was a little awkward because Vanessa asked the question, well, if you knew it wasn't going to work out, why did you even try going to Mexico? And Irina's like, well, because the producers asked me to. So it's like, dude, it feels like the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing when it comes to some of these questions from Vanessa. And, you know, I think that Irina, um, you know, attempts to basically say, I'm sorry, and that's not me. Um. I don't believe that people are fixed quantities. I think you can grow. But if someone has like 100 chances and 100 number of those times out of 100, they have the same behavior. That's kind of who they are right now, you know. So it was very odd, you know, to hear her say that as a bit of a deflection. But she's like, that's not me. And I know I was really awful. Um and I'm just going to try to grow from it. And no one wanted to let her off the hook. So apparently, in addition, she also like DM'd Bliss or messaged Bliss while she was in Mexico with Zach and said, you dodged a bullet. At the same time that she's telling Zach, you should really like go chase after Bliss. Um, and Around the same time. You know, I don't think it was like the same you know, not the same session. minute, yeah. but yeah, in the same few days. Um, and so 
Zach basically is like, hey, you know, I'm just going to say it. I think that you came on this show to be famous. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think you were ever serious. And she, you know, defends herself some from that. But I, I think most people think that she maybe went on the show. If not to be famous, then certainly not with the openest of hearts. One thing I really appreciated about what Zach said was any sin that has been committed on this show, the people have already been punished enough. And I actually agree with that uh, because the punishment is millions of people know about how terrible you are. Like millions of people know about your mistakes. And I actually thought that was like a very astute observation. Like, hey, like whatever hatred you have for Irina, she's already getting like tens of thousands of freaking – hate messages already like that's already enough punishment like you don't need to extract any further punishment from this person and i did appreciate like i thought that most people on the stage were pretty compassionate to each other i agree it did not feel like last season's reunion when it felt so ugly and it felt like the girls had all sort of gotten together and were a little bit like aligned against most of the men like it actually felt or the girls plus brennan yeah basically it's Um, like these are people that wanted to like move on into the next stage of their lives and it's been a year and you really felt the passage of that year and so zach and bliss said hey we both have forgiven irena you know bliss did say you can have mental illness issues and those are very real and panic attacks are very real. And, you know, this was really malicious. Um, Vanessa Lachey looked like she was about to start crying. I don't know if you noticed this when she said to Irina, you have talked about being bullied when you were um, younger in your life. So didn't you like feel like these things you were doing were really malicious and didn't that bring back any memories? And Vanessa Lachey, again, like gets real overwhelmingly like into it she should, when she's into it and yeah, the, the 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 ho- the moderator should not be emotionally involved in the the what's going on in my opinion that's my opinion other people might feel differently but yeah i, I don't think she should be that emotionally invested uh, it's it's inappropriate but also it makes for a worse program like you want somebody who is bringing difficult questions who you can't tell whose side they're on um because we could tell whose side she's on she's on Jackie and Josh's side, inexplicably. It was really weird. And she's anti-Paul, and she wanted to nail Irina. Okay, fine. Um, Before we leave this couple, we did get more time spent with the song, I Hope You Dance, and, like, talking about the lyrics, and, you know, it's it's fine. Um, Zach has um, posted, like, a very personal Instagram notes, um, which I won't read. It's many pages long about sort of how a really dark uh, time in his life. And, you know, I think, um, you know... I continue to feel like uh, Zach doesn't need to be for me. He's for Bliss. Like, I really yeah. feel like they're for each other, and that's great. great. You know? Fine. Great. Great. Yeah. Um, so then we move to Paul and Micah. And, you know, in some ways, I, you know, the the show pivoted to that by talking about Irina and Micah as mean girls. We even had a little bit of a discussion of Shelby. Um, and, and Micah has... Not, not enough. Like, they, they, they said, like, hey, we're going to get to Shelby, and then they never bring it up again. So yet another one of Vanessa Lachey's crimes. I, that was that can be blamed on both Vanessa and Nick. But, like, um, the, the stuff that the reunion focused on, like, a lot of it was meaningless BS. And then to not... Talk about the Shelby thing in depth, you know, which is arguably one of the biggest moments of the series. Well, um, I you think know, 
is a real disservice to the viewers, I would say. I agree. I think particularly not asking, like, how did it make you feel to hear that your best friend said, I hoped that was how it would go yes. down, right? Ask the question. Instead, what she asked was, like, how did it make you feel that, like, your friends weren't supportive of the relationship with Paul? And Micah basically is like, well... You know, Shelby just cares about me so much that she wants to control me and, like, not have me be happy unless she says it's okay. Um, she didn't say that. Um, but I think, you know, since then, Mike has posted, I think, to Instagram or was it like a magazine shoot? You know, stuff about her and Shelby and being best friends. And that that relationship feels like as strong as ever, um, which is really interesting. Um because it feels um, maybe not the warmest. like, Or not even the warmest, but just not a relationship that's super beneficial for her. You know? Yeah, no, it actually so. felt actively cruel. Um, <laughs> so w- the crux of the conversation between Micah and Paul, um, you know, first Micah's asked, would she really have said yes? And she, she says she would have. And then there's this fairly long back and forth because Micah just saw two days ago the same footage that we all saw in which Paul said, like, I couldn't picture her um, being the mother of my children. Yeah, and Vanessa was, like, very offended by this. And she really and she just went, went after on Paul. Paul, like, just... And gave him, so he has like lots of chances to like say his position. And to me, his position honestly sounds pretty reasonable. And Vanessa just won't take it. She's like, are you, Micah, as confused as I am? Because I'm not following this at all. And I'm like, oh, is the point for you to follow it? Because I followed it. You know, like maybe we could have Nick speak a little on occasion. Once again, Vanessa Lachey's moderation was bad and she should feel bad. I just need, I've said it already. I need to reiterate it. It was really horrible. It was as somebody I am a moderator of conversations myself and as somebody who moderates things, um, I was embarrassed on her behalf. Okay. Uh, but yes, you're, the dynamic you describe is accurate. I just, you know, Micah felt blindsided because she had never heard that. So, you know, we had the reaction in our kind of uh, episode 12 podcast episode that we were like, what did we miss in the edit? Like, clearly, there's a whole bunch of stuff that went down that we never saw. Well, according to Micah, it never went down. And she was also really confused, particularly by that comment. She felt like she had never heard that before. So, Paul, you know, over the course of the discussion in the reunion, he does apologize basically for blindsiding her. Um, and he says he could have communicated that more. But he basically said he never saw this like nurturing side of her. And he tries to clarify that he wasn't even trying to say she was incapable of it as a human, but that he never saw it w- between them. And he's like, maybe I didn't bring out the more nurturing side of her. Or maybe I didn't inspire that in her by making her feel, you know, cared for. I mean, whatever. She's like a four years out from being a sorority girl and she still hangs out with sorority girl, mean girl vibe people. Like I, it's not a nurturing, you know, uh, Milieu. it's really not, you know, so I'm yeah. not surprised that he couldn't see it. And I think, you know, his read was kind of accurate that you know, maybe she's not there right this minute. And, you know, they only have a chance to date for 20 or 30 days. So I, I just feel like, you know, I, that Vanessa was so hard on him as if it was impossible to believe that any woman who wants to be a mother would automatically give off nurturing vibes. It was just like, I don't yeah. know. It, it felt like uh, she felt like he had insulted all women or something, yeah, the way which, that she went after him. Yeah, I agree. It was not uh, not what I think 
Paul was going for. Um, the thing that I thought I felt really quite disappointed by was, as you said, the very final episode of the show. It's like, oh, they didn't feel like they were safe with each other. They didn't feel like they trusted each other. And it felt like they came out of nowhere uh, based on everything we'd seen. And I was hoping we would get an exploration or an explanation more of what that what was going on there. And I don't think we really did. We did get some statements where Paul said – or uh, the the one thing I will credit Vanessa Lachey for is when – Yes. I was about to say this too. Is when um, Zach whispers to Paul and then Vanessa Lachey is like, what are you whispering? You know, like, and that's a good. So, like, the camera caught it. It was yeah. while someone else was talking, and we didn't think we'd ever get. Yeah, so that was a good thing that she caught, and that was like, uh, and then he explains, like, I don't think Micah ever saw herself being married to Paul, um, and he's like, I have heard women in this stage talk to me about how they didn't think Mike, like, Micah didn't want to be married, and, um. Uh, and I think that I actually don't know what the truth is because Irina explains, hey, we're on this weird dating show. Like we can't really imagine being married to any of these people. You know, like it felt like Irina's story felt very plausible to me basically. I don't know. So basically yeah. Vanessa says, hey, I see whispering over there. Do you want to say what that was? And Zach was like, okay, fine. And, you know, Zach and Paul are like buds. They're, they think very similarly and, yeah. you know, they've clearly become really close. And he's like – I hear Paul defending Micah constantly. I hear Paul being really gracious to Micah. And I do not hear Micah trying to defend Paul's position in this experiment. And I have heard, you know, and from from women in the group, you know, which, you know, Vanessa Lachey then tries to de- do some, like, detective work as to who it is, which yeah. is very uncomfortable. Yes, extremely. Um, that Micah basically was never serious about getting married on the show and is – he never says, like, is trying to play the victim card, but, like, that's the vibe, right? The, that's the implication. Um, on Natalie and Deep D's podcast, Natalie has said she has also heard that from people close to the show. And, you know, I saw a TikTok of people that live in Scottsdale who know Mike. You know, like, I, I think that rumor is out there. Um, I don't know that I think she's a huge mastermind or anything, but I do think, you know, she might be playing the angles. That's fine. Um her response to that is she's really offended, you know, um, mm-hmm. like, who, me? Um, do you like my southern accent that I... Oh, wow. What did you think? I, I literally didn't know what you were impersonating just now. It's a southern bell. I, it almost sounded Australian to me. <laughs> I am sort who, of... me, mate? <laughs> notoriously terrible at accents, like really bad. Um, okay, well, somewhere in the Southern Hemisphere or the Southern part of the United States, um, there's a innocent, you know, victim saying, who me? Um, and I think that um, Micah seems pretty unhappy. Like, I think she thought she was looking for answers and closure in this discussion, and she doesn't necessarily get it. Jonah Alexander says, I thought a, thir- a third Southern person had entered off camera just now. Ah, Incredible. Actually, I am a Southern person. I just don't have much of an accent. Uh, Jesse says, that was so awkward when Vanessa was trying to sniff out the rat. I agree completely. On the one hand, I admired it because it, it, Vanessa's clearly uh, not uh, avoiding making people uncomfortable. And that is is an admirable trait, but... Also, Zach clearly said it in the way he did to to not 
Well, so Chelsea's like, it ain't me. And Tiffany's like, it ain't me. And Irina's like, well, this one time we had this conversation and Vanessa's like, oh, I found it. You know, I found the person. And I'm like, did you? Because I'm not even sure what Irina's saying is like the source of this conversation. And so I just think Vanessa is also like not a good detective um, on top of her other not great skills. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah, that was was really, really terrible. All right. So, um, it's it, Steven says, feels like Zach suddenly wanted to have a reality show moment by calling out Mike alive, and it totally didn't gel with his extremely awkward personality. I don't know. I felt like it was a pretty satisfying moment for Zach, um, to call out Micah. I mean, like, it, let, let me just put it this way I, I would agree it doesn't like it's not really who you think of Zach as based on the show, but everything that Zach said was very plausible to me. Um, I don't know if it's true or not, I don't know if Micah really thought she would get married, but it certainly felt plausible that Micah didn't really see herself with Paul. Well, you know, and I'm doing this from memory, but I think it's Micah who says something like, look, you don't see the whole thing in the show. You you don't understand from the edit, like what's said and what's not said. And Zach and maybe Bliss were like, yeah, we we know that we were on the show, and we're saying from that perspective, we still think there's something off here. Yeah. Um. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. She feels like a great candidate for perfect match. Mm-hmm. Um. If they have another season of that, so um. Just like when people are like getting kicked off of the Bachelor and Bachelorette, you're always like, oh, they're gonna go to <laughs> the Bachelor in Paradise. It really feels like Micah is headed for perfect match. Um. Okay, so then we have the Marshall. Well, first we have the Jackie and Josh discussion. Yeah, and whatever. It's, you know, um, if they're happy together, great. Um, The Vanessa interviewing of them was also terrible. She's like, when are we going to see some babies? And it's like. No one gives a shit, Vanessa. Like, everyone hates these people. Like, read the freaking room. And also, by the way, um, don't ask people when they're – like, this is not just advice for Vanessa Lachey, who I'm sure is watching this. But also for any of you, literally anyone listening right now, don't ask people when they're having babies. It's like because there's so many fertility issues. I just think it's like really offensive. And, yeah, you know, you don't, like, you don't know what people are going through. Maybe they had someone had to have their um, uterus removed for health reasons. Maybe somebody has a low sperm oh, count. Oh, miscarriages like, are incredibly it's common. Like, it's like, like all my friends, yeah. It's don't just ask awful. people this question. Like, let alone. You know, people on national television, it's freaking inappropriate. You're a bad interviewer and you should feel bad. Okay. Also, I don't want to know that. Don't ask that on my behalf. It's yeah. not like I'm secretly no, no like, one wants you know, to know. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the thing about Jackie and Josh, so they appear by Zoom from their Seattle place. They have moved in together. They're still together. Um, Jackie is like clinging to Josh's arm for the entire um, interview. It was actually like a little bit odd, I thought. But um she basically has no apology, you know, for sure, because she just feels like she um, she still has the ring. She's very proud that she still has the ring. Um, and I, I think she basically wanted to set the record straight that she didn't cheat on Marshall. You know, she's already said that, and we've talked about it in this podcast, that she broke up with him and then had this date with Josh in the coffee shop. Okay, fine. 
Um, Vanessa Lachey asks her, was there a moment you knew? And she says, yes, there was a moment I knew. It's when he called me like a, a name and it made me really af- offended. And, you know, okay, fine. So they get off scot-free. They just kind of, you know, really don't get asked any difficult questions. Um, Josh does say something about he had been cutting weight. You know how, like, people try to, like, bulk up muscle and then shed the fat, you know, as a second? Yeah, um, and that's why he was more drunk than he should have been that night. Basically. Because he, like, drank and he had already, like, dropped a bunch of weight recently and, you know, was kind of on an empty stomach. Um, okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> whatever. It's fine. We've agreed. If we see these people, we're, like, running because I know how to read a power dynamic and I know when I'm going to get bested, you know, and I, I don't, I don't need to tangle with people that can, you know, definitely take me. Um, so we will, our paths will never cross. Let's hope so. Um, then we get to the Marshall component of this and it was just so odd to have Marshall kind of sitting by himself. And then he was asked to react to that. And he's like, well, there's so many things I could say, but I just really, honestly, it's been a year. I want to put it all behind me. And that was like two to three minutes of video. And I, you know, and so he like literally couldn't even process everything that was said. So then Vanessa Lachey like goes through it bit by bit, you know, she's saying she didn't cheat on you. He's like, so what? Like, okay, fine. You know, so the next day she's out kissing someone else that does feel, you know, like it cheapens the relationship. Uh, she still has the ring. Why did you want it back? Oh, Jackie said he wanted the ring so that he could propose to somebody else from the show. And we know that's Keisha, who he ends up... He apparently went on one date with. Yeah. He, he sets the record straight that he actually went on one date with this person. And it, I think it, in some ways it was a little bit because he was like wounded because of what had happened with Jackie. Um, and... Uh, he certainly didn't plan to propose to her. He said he just wanted the ring back because he thought it was a symbol of his love for her and that she didn't really deserve that love because she wasn't behaving in a way that was really respectful, even respectful. You know, you can part sometimes on good terms and it didn't feel like that. And the audience actually clapped at that. Did you notice? Yeah, I thought Marshall, in, in my opinion, acquitted himself overall very well. The He cops to having made a... Um, like insult, like trying to insult Jackie by commenting on her jawline and saying that she was manlike, basically, right? Which is like uh, pretty bad, like not cool. But he does own up to it and say like it was inappropriate. Like and, he like, had to be asked a couple times. Yeah. I didn't think he was trying to dodge it necessarily, but he didn't want to just go there. But he he basically says they had an argument in which she said all the things that she said. Um, to her girlfriends in that leaked set of texts, you know, which I'm not going to repeat, which were basically like um, homophobic. And, you know, he was like, oh, I guess we're joking, you know, and we're kind of like throwing things at each other. And he said he still apologized for it. And he, you know, still. He's like, it was it was a text thread that got out of hand. Uh, Edna in the chat says Vanessa was so rude to Marshall and was so soft on Jackie. Yeah, that was just crazy. Uh, I think we have to be open to the possibility that Vanessa is the worst. You know, like she she's she she's rooting for the wrong people on the show. Like she's rooting for Micah and Jackie, basically. Like those well, are the I was just like, are we not gonna like rake Jackie over the coals for like just basically uh, 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 oh anyway, like all the things she said I just don't want to repeat, but like I I feel so and and being basically like not even really on the show she does say you must have known at some point that you weren't going to show up for that bridesmaid's dress 
fitting or bride bridal dress fitting and like Jackie just gets away without even really having to answer that. Um, and so I, I do want to say though, in the back and forth, Marshall basically says, I thought we were kind of joking. It turns out she meant everything she said to me mm. because then it was in these leaked texts. Yeah. Stephen Miller says, the only way that Jackie and Josh interview makes sense to me is if Jackie's PR person somehow convinced Netflix to give her final say on whether it aired. Vanessa made it painfully nice. Uh, agreed. Or alternative, alternative explanation, Stephen, Vanessa is the worst. Shortest um, distance between two points. The, the one thing I want to call out about what Marshall said that I really appreciate is he said, hey, he's talking to the camera. He's like, hey, um, stop – people out there in the world, stop making it about me versus Jackie. This is a thing that happened a year ago. Jackie's moved on. She's happy. I'm happy. Everything's fine. And in general, again, putting aside his inappropriate comment, which he's apologized for and I, I don't endorse um, – I think Marshall's very mature, and I think what he's saying is very true of there is this desire on the internet to pit people against each other. Um, I see it in my podcasting. Like, you'll see people in the comments, like, get into a podcast, and they'll be like, oh, like, David is a complete freaking moron, not unlike the other guys that are super smart and, like, amazing on, like, whatever, what literally any of the podcasts I do, you know? Uh, or vice versa, right? Like it'll they'll flip it around and, and whatever. And there's just something about that's innate to many people that wants to like pit people against each other to take sides because it's fun because people enjoy conflict and they enjoy rooting for people. You know, it's like sports basically. And they see podcasting, Love is Blind, whatever, as basically like another form of online sport. Um, and I don't think it's a good thing in general. And I think Marshall was commenting on it. He's like, hey, like, Guys, cut this out. It's not benefiting anyone. You're not making anyone's lives better, you know, like by Okay, but ninety percent of that was aimed at Jackie. <laughs> he was like this thing <laughs> where we have like a you know, yeah. a war with each other is like unhelpful. Like it doesn't help anybody yeah. move on. It's irrelevant, you know, like and he basically said it has to stop now. And he was actually basically saying it yeah, straight he was saying to it's camera. Jackie, but also to people. He, also he, to people. He was, but I I don't want to let Jackie off the hook that she has been like running around like uh, just yeah she she so many she people promised she would bring the receipts to the reunion. Turns out she's not even at the, not reunion, even at the reunion, which is fine, you know. And her her statement was definitely a little bit more dialed back than she said it would be. But I think that um, he basically said, "Hey, you know, like I would like to have a truce." And then he says, "I've offered it before." And like they they cut away from the conversation at that point, but it's it, I think it's pretty clear like she she could also stop feeding the beast, yeah, right? Yeah, totally. So I think Marshall's probably dating somebody else. You know, yeah. Godspeed to Marshall. Um. So yeah, yeah. Uh, Jesse in the chat says she's literally drinking tea in the reunion trailer. They all are though. But 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 the reunion trailer. Impl- I mean, maybe it was it. shot. Maybe it was shot like many months ago before they knew it was going to happen, but it implies that Jackie's going to be in the, yeah. in the show. Maybe someone's gotten a restraining order yeah, somewhere in the meantime. Who knows? Okay. We didn't talk about Brett and Tiffany at all, but they're very happy. Good for them. You know? He wore great shoes. Yeah. He wore amazing. a custom suit. She looks amazing. Yeah. And then, you know, I was I was truly appalled. You know, I think they were trying to like pivot 
to like a more positive part of the conversation from talking to Marshall. So they're like, and, you know, let's segue to Eclipse package. So we see all the different couples. We see them hanging out. They hung out at Christmas and it seems like they all went on vacay wearing matching swimsuits. I mean, it's, it was, it's not my taste, but like it's very cute. And then, um, we spend a little time with Brett and Tiffany. We talk yet again about her falling asleep. Let the woman fall asleep. Naps are great. They're good for your health. And, um, in order to like move it forward, Vanessa just keeps harping on who's going to give us the first love is blind baby. And I'm like, no one owes you any babies. Zero. I hope there are no babies just for that. Um, you know, like let people have their own autonomy. Chelsea basically says she had been really raring to go and feeling like she was running out of time. And she has, you know, changed her mind to some extent on that or come around more to Kwame's way of thinking. Um, and she's just enjoying being with them. Tiffany and Brett, similarly, um, you know, big adjustment for her to move to Portland, which she has done. And um, I just um, desperately, desperately, desperately hate that making a baby, which, by the way, isn't hard. The person who shows up to introduce this baby question is Bartise. <laughs> who didn't marry anybody from this show and I believe has had his child with someone he may not, I don't know if he's dating her, he's not married to her, you know, like it, I I don't know, where's this idea that like babies are the best possible outcome? Uh, uh, Love is Blind is very pro-life, I think is kind of what we've learned. Because Bartice is when I asked my question, and if you recall, there's a huge pro-life debate with Bartice and I think it was Nancy, right? Yes, so, yes. God, and how so, is this show so pro-Bartice? He's like in all of these promotions. I mean, wasn't he a villain? Didn't we decide he was a villain? I think so. Yeah. Well, we've spent, I don't know, 13 hours of our lives watching the show and at least five talking about it, I think. Yeah. I spent at least one hour just watching that little circle of death on the uh, reloading page. Yeah. Uh, have we learned anything? I mean, I, I do think it's, uh, it's nice that, uh, some three couples got together and they seem happy and who knows, you know, who knows if they'll last, but. Okay. Granted that I did not see season one. I know a little bit about it. I think that this. <laughs> HP says the world doesn't leave, need love as blind babies. I would agree. Um, do <laughs> you think this was the most wholesome season overall? It had the meanest yes. people in it as characters in how they're depicted. Yes. Uh, this is this is a shockingly not horrible season of, of Love is Blind. Yeah. There are some sh- terrible things that happened. Um, Vanessa Lachey's hosting for the reunion being up there and also the reunion technical problems themselves being up there. But overall, this is like, hey, this is a very respectable season of reality television where like um, – Yes, there's some atro- there's some travesties, but like there's some nice things that come out of it too. And yeah, I think season and two you learn you learn about like how people interact in day to day. Yeah, so it's like it's a very reasonable television. Se- season two, television. the Chicago season strikes me as a totally failed season. Like I have no positive associations when I think back on that, and I feel really sad for some of the people who got their hearts broken. Um, well, we'll see. You know, I believe they have already filmed in Tampa Bay, St. Petersburg area. Um, so. I think they're casting for DC and maybe like another location. I think there's a UK season coming. There's already been Japan and Brazil. So we're going to see more gold goblets and low production values in different locations around the world. A few final comments as we wrap up today. 
Um, I want to give a big shout out to all the people at DecodingTV.com. Thank you. Paid subscribers who are making podcasts like this one possible. Be sure to go to podcast.decodingtv.com to check out the rest of the shows that Decoding TV is covering. Um, right now we're covering Succession and also Beef and Barry and Dead Ringers and a bunch of other stuff. So uh, podcast.decodingtv.com and you can support this podcast at decodingtv.com. Uh, there might be some questions about uh, – oh, so someone's asking, will your live stay public in case we joined late LOL? Yes, um, you can watch this entire conversation on YouTube at youtube.com slash – uh, decoding tv thanks to everyone who's joining us and people can also get it on their podcast feed. yes at decodingreality.tv. um people might be asking uh is uh oh dave's mic is peaking a little bit might need a leveling out later oh, yes we'll work on that um anyway people are asking um or people might be curious like is there going to be more decoding reality after this and the answer is i don't know um we will see how would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. He, um, I think this was a clear case where, like, literally, some of these people, li- some of these people, literally live within three miles of where we're sitting right now. So it's like we kind of want to know who these people are. Um, will we cover another season of Love Is Blind? I don't know. Let us know at decodingtv at gmail if that's something you're interested in. Um, I've had a great time chatting with Joy about it, and I think uh, a lot of people have enjoyed listening to us talk about it. So. Uh, yes, as Carol says, there are dozens of you. Really appreciate that. Um, so uh, thanks so much to everyone who's listened. Thanks so much to everyone who's written in and supported us. We really appreciate it. And a big thanks to Joy for chatting with me about it. It has been my pleasure. 
All right, folks. See you at decodingtv.com. May your downloads of Netflix eventually work. (sighs) Goodbye.